Good morning, Nachum. Good Arab Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Noach. Parshas Noach spans the second thousand years of civilization. It begins, sadly, with the Dor Hamabul, the generation of the flood, that because of their sins, they had to be literally killed out and removed from this world. And it ends with the Dor Hafloga, the generation that were dispersed because they were attempting to build a tower to rebel against Hashem. I'd like to ask a very basic question at the beginning and please God to return to it. The Torah tells us that the entire Land was corrupt. This is the third verse in the parasha. The earth became corrupt before God. The land was full with violence. Hashem sees that the earth is unfortunately neshchasa. And listen to the next phrase, Ki yeshchis kol basar es darko For all flesh had corrupted its way upon the earth. And Rashi adds, kol basar, afilu Even the beasts, the animals, the birds, niskokin lishe'enon minam were attracted and mated, had relations with, not their own species. I'd like to ask, how could this happen? And I'd like to give the following background in order for us to have a greater understanding how this could occur. Rabbi Chaim Volozhina, in his Nefesh HaChaim, in chapter 5, extols the greatness and potential of man. He quotes the Pasuk from Ha'azinu, whereby in chapter 32, Pasuk 9, Ki chilek Hashem Amo Yaakov Chevel Nachalaso. Hashem's portion is his people, and Yaakov is the chevel, the measure of his inheritance. The noun that's used here is chevel, which literally means a rope. And Rashi understands the rope to be consisted of three strands, namely the merits of the three patriarchs. And this is the essence of the Jewish people. But the Nefesh Achayim understands the rope to be suspended literally, from heaven to earth. And when man tugs and pulls the rope in this world, it has consequences and reverberations in the upper realms as well. Proof to this could come from the Gemara in Brachos 35b, where Reb Chanina Barpada taught that if one benefits from this world, such as one eats without reciting the proper bracha, that person is stealing 
from Hashem and stealing from Knesset Israel, the Jewish people. Now, what does it mean he's stealing from Hashem? It means that he's failing to proclaim Hashem's sovereignty over the world. But in addition, listen carefully now, he's stealing from the Jewish people. How so? So Rashi explains this to mean that when man sins, as in the case of eating without a bracha, peros lokin, the fruit, their taste, nutritional value, become diminished. This is the powerful impact that man has on his natural environment. And two more proofs of just this impact. It's interesting and fascinating to note the relationship between man and his natural world. When Adam eats from the forbidden fruit in chapter 3, of Beratius, and upon realizing his nakedness, he covers himself with fig leaves. Rashi, in chapter 3, Pasuk 7 of Beratius, quotes the Gemara Brachos 40a, that teaches that this is the tree from which he ate. If you want to know what it was, and there are other opinions, including the Esrog, but Rashi says, no, it was a fig tree, and the very object of his sin, the fig tree, came the remedy. He was able to, what? Cover his nakedness. However, Rashi goes on to say, the other trees refused to allow him to take of their leaves. What do you mean they refused? So, just as we have, we say this as part of the Kabbalah Shabbos tonight, chapter 96 of Tilim. Then the trees will sing, meaning that the trees, a big wind, they shake. So here the trees shook and wouldn't allow Adam to come on, take of their leaves. Why? Because prior to the sin of Adam, all of nature, man and the natural world around him were in perfect sync, perfect harmony. And they proudly were unified in bringing honor and glory to Hashem. When man sinned, however, it was an affront to all of nature, not just to man. His sinning brought about a negative change in the environment. And when Cain killed Hevel, and he was punished to be Novanod, a wanderer, Cain protests to Hashem, and cries out, as we had in last week's Parsha of Beratius, chapter 4, Pasuk 14, Whoever will meet me and find me will kill me. Now how is this to be understood? There are only two other human beings around. There are himself and his parents. And although they may want to kill him, forgive me, it was most unlikely that they would. So the Ramban therefore answers that the animals were going to kill Cain. Why? As once again, the peaceful nature of the natural world was broken, and the animals were going to kill him if Hashem did not provide him with a protective mark. There is an ideal balance in the natural world with man. And 
Interestingly, one could suggest that it all started when Hashem declared on the sixth day in chapter 1 of Bereshis, Pasuk 28, Na'aseh Odom, let us make man. A very challenging phrase. So Rashi explains what does it mean, let us, as referring to the angels with whom Hashem consulted prior to teaching man. And Rashi goes on to say that teaches us, Derech Eretz, we are to emulate God, that he consulted with the lower forms, and man too should consult with others that are beneath him as well. But the Zohar in Pasha's Pinchas, Chapter 219 understands this to mean that Hashem was addressing all of creation when He said, Na'aseh Adam, let us make man. And He said, basically, I will take something from everything, from all the animals, all the different characteristics of the animals, I will take them, and together I will form man as a composite of all of nature. So this, interestingly, I believe can help us understand the Mishnah at the end of the fifth parak of Avos, whereby Yehuda ben Tamo said that we are to be as kanomer, we are to be literally bold as a leopard, that we are to be kal kanesher, that we are to be light as an eagle, and rutz katsvi, and swift as a deer, and we are to be brave as a lion in order to perform the will of of your Father in Heaven. Now I ask you, why does Yehuda ben Tema, the author of the Mishnah, have to identify the animals? He could have said, be as, be bold, be swift, be strong. But perhaps he was reminding man, you can do what you want to know why? Because look to the animals that are part, as part of their strength, is in you. Now, in the beginning of Parshas Noah, mankind is given a most humiliating blow by being referred to as Basar, meat. Hashem says, Kihishlis called Basar, all flesh has corrupted his way. And this most demeaning referral is repeated again in the opening part of the parsha. And as I started, Rashi quotes the Gemara of Sanhedrin, 108a, that even the beasts, the animals, and the birds were acting in an immoral way, mating not with their own species. How can this be? The animals have their own natural order. They don't have a Yetzirah. They don't have an evil inclination. So I'd like to suggest, as indeed the Beis HaLevi, in his opening discourse on Parshas Noach, teaches that man's actions have global consequences. What man does reverberates. And so his actions not only affect himself, his neighbors, and his immediate environment, but have a ripple effect upon the entire world. And this is a further substantiated by the Nefesh Achayim in chapter 3, who quotes several teachings of our Chachamim, including the Gemara Brachos 
64a on the Pasuk in Yeshaya, Vachol Bonayach Limude Hashem, Verav Shlom Bonoyach, all your children will be students of Hashem and all your children will have peace. And the Gemara understands it to mean Al Tikri, do not understand it as Bonoyach, only as your children, but as Bonoyach, your builders. Rab Chaim understands this to mean that man's actions either build up or destroy the world. And since all of nature is centered within man, when man degrades himself, it is reflected and has reverberations in the natural world. How could the animals conduct themselves in this way? Because man was immoral, and since man was immoral, ouch, this is what happened in nature as well. Rabbi Yisrael Solanter said so powerfully, look at the flip side in a positive way. When a yeshiva student strengthened himself in Poland, this prevented a Jewish student in university in Paris from intermarrying. Ooh, we don't understand and we don't know. Halavai, the positive, and God forbid, the negative effects of our actions. In Parshas Noach, man is referred to as Basar, meat. And the greatness of Avram Avinu is, as we're told in Parshas Lech Lecha next week, Vanefesh Asher Asu B'Choran. Literally, the souls they made in Choran. Rashi, in quoting the Gemara Sanhedrin, explains that Avram converted the men and Sarah converted the women. Now, we don't find anywhere that they're accepting Torah, mitzvot, putting on tefillin, keeping Shabbos. What kind of conversion is this? Perhaps, as Rav Amiel, Zechronel of Racha, in his Hagionos Elami, suggests, Avram and Sarah taught mankind that man is not to be viewed as basar, as flesh, but as nefesh. Man is a spiritual being. He has the ability by uniting his body and soul to bring about that harmony in nature. Even marriage is, as Avram said to Sarah in next week's parasha of Bereshis, of, excuse me, of Lech Lecha, Save me by saying you're my sister and my soul may live on. The uniting of two individuals in sanctity, bringing harmony in the home, and thus by extension to the rest of creation. And so, what is the lesson of Parshas Noah? Much of our woes today are attributed by people to, quote, global warming. And I believe that if man would only look inward and take responsibility for the immorality of our society, for the breakdown of the sacred family structure, it would do more to restore that balance of nature and man. We all yearn for the days of Yeshaya, chapter 11, Pusik 6, the Gorza Ave in Keves, that the wolf will dwell with the sheep.
And the Torah, in this week's parsha, provides us with the solution. Restore the harmony and balance in nature. How? By being moral. Shabbat Shalom to all.